support. So it is, um, it's Jewish tradition that the rabbi is supposed to explain the process of tshuva on Shabbat tshuva. And it's one of the few times that, the, that our tradition dictates what the rabbi's sermon is supposed to be. Uh, for those that are in our JIC class, this will be a bit of a review, but I'm guessing that's okay. But really, for all Jewish people, it's a bit of a review. And you could ask yourself, well, why? Look, Rabbi, you know, we, we, we've heard about tshuva, you know, from the moment that we started to enter into the synagogue, wherever that was in our life. Why do you need to repeat it every year? And the answer, of course, is obvious. One is that we forget, and two is that we avoid. We might know what the right thing is to do, but we so often would choose to avoid it and do something else, particularly when it comes to the difficulty of the interpersonal. Uh, and for that matter, for the personal, the self-reflection, the cheshbon hanefesh that's supposed to come at this time of year, and the going up to another and to seek to repair relationships and wrongs that might have transpired. So as I prepared for our JIC class earlier in the week, um, I have a, a handout for you. Um, Tshuva basics. First of all, the word tshuva uh, comes from the Hebrew word tashuv, the tashuv. It's a verb to means to turn around. And we often translate it as repentance. We talk about the days of repentance. It's a terrible English translation of a really wonderful Hebrew word. That core root of to turn around is really at the core. It's to change direction in our past, which really has nothing to do with repentance. Repentance is, I, I would say, not a Jewish term. Um, it's not about the repenting. God is not as interested in the sorry as God is and Jewish tradition is, however we understand God, that was the sermon two days ago, in the change of behavior. It's not about penance or repentance. It is about repair and, and, and change. So uh, just to, to walk you through this a little bit. So two types of tshuva, we say, are what are present during these days. Tshuva that is done between you and God, or you and yourself. Again, however you understand uh, a power greater than yourself in your life. And that is called Bain Adam Lemakom. There's a certain process that's required in order to repair the relationship you have with yourself and your relationship with God. And we'll come to that one in a moment. The other one is Bain Adam Lechavero. Chaver is the word for friend or fellow. And this is repair that you do between you and another person. You'll notice, as I explain them, that the process of tshuva is significantly different between what is required of yourself to repair and what's required of you and another person in repair. And then the other word that I provided to the JIC class of the night is one of the many Hebrew words we have for sin or transgression. Normally, we would call a sin or transgression an aveira. It's not a term I use with you guys the other night because I didn't want to throw a whole bunch of Hebrew at you at once. An aveira is, um, is a sin to sort of pass over. Avera, is, is, is at its root, is the word pass, to pass by. Um, but the word that we use on the High Holy Days is chet. And chet is an archer's term. It means to miss the mark. That you were aiming for something and you missed. Now, it's not that you missed by mistake. You were trying and you failed to get there. And that's the intention of how God looks at our actions at the High Holy Days. We say that God sits kisei din and kisei rachamim. God sits on the throne of judgment and moves to a throne of compassion. And when God sits on the throne of compassion, God looks at human beings and says, you know, they're trying the best they can. They missed the mark, but they were trying to get the bullseye. Um, which reminds me, of course, of all those cartoons where you shoot the bullseye and then you draw the arrow. You know, you shoot the arrow and then you draw the bullseye around it so that you get it. Right? So sometimes, I guess, 
Transgression is like that too. Um, so the two processes of tshuva, between ben adam le uh, makom, between you and yourself or you and God, it's a three or four step process depending on how you look at it. The first is that you have to admit that you did something wrong. By the way, if you think that that mirrors the 12 step process, it does. And a lot of that was drawn from the Jewish process of tshuva. So admit to yourself that you did something wrong. You have to acknowledge it, you have to own it, you have to know it, you have to see it. The second is to tell God that you truly regret what you did, and you have to really mean it. So this is an articulating of not only did I do something wrong, but, but I really feel bad about it. And that has to be heartfelt. If you, if you just go through the motions, then right there at that point, your tshuva doesn't count. You're just mouthing the words. Three is then to tell God that you're going to try or do your best not to do it again. If you do those three things... Between you and God and you and yourself, your tshuva is complete. We don't talk about absolution in Judaism, but the sense is, is that you've done what's required, and God will mark you down as having acknowledged that you made a chait, that you were shooting for something and you missed it, and we can move on. There's no guilt that follows you the rest of your life. You are removed. And in fact, on kol nidre, we, the cantor will beautifully chant, as she always does, a prayer three times, Kol Nidre prayer, which is really a, a proclamation that removes the, the guilt that we feel uh, and the accountability that we have for promises that we made that we didn't keep. Oftentimes promises we don't even remember that we made to ourselves or to God. So that's actually tshuva, between yourself and God. However, there's a fourth step, which is called tshuva gomorrah. And tshuva gomorrah is this Jewish idea that you can always do a little better. Gomorrah in this sense means full or complete. And tshuva gomorrah is it's not full or complete. You haven't really completed the tshuva until the same situation comes up again. You have the opportunity to do it again, and you don't repeat the, the chait. You don't repeat the missing of the mark. So, well, it, it, but first of all, it's, it's not, it, it doesn't seem like the most important step. Not, those things don't always come up again. So you're, you can be removed from the, the guilt of it, even if it doesn't come up again. Um, and the other is is that you're, if you repeat the mistake, then you just go back through the process, not just, but you go back through the process of tshuva. Um, because we're human and it's recognized that we're fallible. So I might promise to no longer eat sugar from this day forward. And then tomorrow I have sugar, right? So I was... Did that mean that my tshuva that I did when I promised and I really meant it doesn't count? No. Sugar comes up again, and I'm back in, you know, I'm nose deep in the sugar, and so we start all over again. If I should actually be able to, you know, stop eating sugar, then tshuva gomorrah, yay for me and my daughter. Um, the second one is, obviously it's more complicated because it involves another person. So bein adam lechavero starts with the same first step. You have to admit what you did. You have to acknowledge it to name it. The second is then you have to go and tell that person that you did something too, that you really regret what you did, and of course you have to mean it as well. It's one thing to say it to God, it's another to say it to your friend. The third step, and this is really a difficult one, is you have to repair the wrong that you did to the best of your ability. And when we talked about this in our JIC class, there are some things where the repair is obvious. If you stole something from somebody, you can either give it back to them, or give, it, give the value of the thing back to them, give the value of the thing back to them with interest. But if you ruin somebody's reputation, if you gossiped about them, 
if you broke trust with another person, that's much more difficult to repair. It may take a long time, it may take a lifetime to repair the broken trust. Hmm? If at all, if at all possible. Now, here in that dialogue that happens in part two, or step two, the individual that you harmed might be able to tell you how you could repair the wrong. And that would be a great thing if they could. Sometimes they're not interested in talking to you. But if they can give you some guidance in how you repair the wrong, your, design, your, in, your sense of what would be required to repair the wrong may not be what they need. You may just want to give them back the thing. But what they really need is they need your time, your attention, your trust, those kinds of things. And then only then, after you've repaired the wrong, to their satisfaction, not yours, to their satisfaction, you then ask them for forgiveness. Now you've done tshuva. And again, there is now another step, a fifth step in this case, which is should that same opportunity come up again and you not repeat the action, that's tshuva gamor. So I provide for you a Maimonidean text uh, that explains this process. Again, I use the word repentance here. You can read that on your own or in the midst of one of my sermons if you're bored. Um, but that kind of explains how this all works. So what do we do now? So we have these 10 days of repentance, these 10 days of tshuva. What we're supposed to do and what the homework was for the JIC class was to go home and write a list, to make two columns on your page, those things that you need to repair between yourself and God, between yourself and yourself, those wrongs that you've done, and then on the other side of the page, those people that you need to seek and do tshuva with. The challenge of that list, of course, is that we don't always know. We don't always remember what we did. We don't remember the promises that we made in a moment of turbulence on an airplane when we promised all of these things that we would do. We'll be showing up at synagogue. I'm going to donate all my money to this temple. And, all. and then we, you know, we land and we're like, oh, I didn't mean it or I forgot about it. So our tradition teaches also that it's not just during these 10 days that we're supposed to do this, but every day of our life. Every day we should be making that list, in part because we forget and also because we don't know if tomorrow we'll die. And we shouldn't leave things undone in our lives. And so there we have it. Do you have any questions? Michael. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe, you know, I think that, that for all of these steps have difficulty, depending on where you are. Sometimes it's easy to admit, but it's hard to, it's hard to repair. Uh, it's also hard to, for, to, to, get, to forgive. And we, we shouldn't gloss over our responsibility in this as well, that when somebody comes to us seeking to do tshuva, there's an obligation within Judaism that we are supposed to forgive them if they have made an earnest effort, if they have done the best that they can to repair the wrong. And in fact, if after three times 
They ask us for forgiveness. After having done an earnest effort, after having repaired the wrong to our satisfaction, not to theirs, and we still don't forgive them, then they're not absolved of their, uh, of their transgression, but we now have one on our own, which is not being of a forgiving or generous heart. Naomi. So, and we talked about this briefly in the JIC class, so there is a, another mitzvah, another commandment called a tokacha. Tokacha is a constructive rebuke. And you're required to do this, and this is often the thing that leads to the most you know, discord between people. You're required to point out to somebody when they've done something harmful to themselves or to you or to others. And the reason we're required to do that is you have to give them the opportunity to do tshuva. So when somebody's saying to you, you have wronged me, they're actually doing a mitzvah. They're giving a tochecha to you. Now, they could be wrong and totally, you know, off their, you know, off their, their, their spot or whatever. Um, and if there's dispute about that, you take it to a rabbi. And so if somebody comes and says, look, you know, you know Dan did something wrong to Naomi, and I don't feel like I did, then, and Naomi feels like I did, we would go to a Beit Din, a panel of three rabbis, and lay it before them, and the rabbis would say, Dan needs to do tshuva. You did something wrong. Or the rabbis would say, no, there was no harm, no foul here, and on you go. And you can accept the ruling of the Beit Din or not. But look, people don't often come to me as a reformed rabbi for those things, but that's actually what we're trained to do, um, is, is to help people navigate those interpersonal challenges and disputes. Right, which is why you would have three rabbis on a panel, and the rabbis, two out of the three, would have to agree, and generally, a Beit Din, all three agree. Um, which is, in itself, a miracle, you know, where you think, you know, two Jews and three opinions, three Jews and one opinion, opinion just never happens. Okay, so our service is going to continue. Uh, page 586 will rise for Elenu.